0: Tonight, for the NHL debut of Pierre-Olivier Joseph, the Penguins' top defense prospect, and I know I'm saying that as if it's a big deal. It's not. It's not. But it's so rare that the Penguins have a prospect making anything resembling a significant debut that maybe it should be treated as something a little special. And then, on top of that... Maybe the entire weekend needs to be built around helping this kid out. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. It's Penguins versus Rangers tonight at PPG Paints Arena. 7 08 PM face off. The Rangers aren't off to a great start. One and two. The Penguins, of course, are 2-2, and not necessarily off to their own great start. And what makes their start a little bit more ominous is that they'll be entering this weekend, and who knows how much longer, actually, without a significant number of defensemen. Mike Sullivan made known after practice yesterday in Cranberry that Yuso Ricola will be out longer term, with an upper body injury, that Marcus Peterson will be out week to week with an upper body injury. We'd already known that Mike Matheson was going to be out longer term. And on top of that, although this was actually a positive thing, Chad missed practice because of the birth of his child. So congratulations to number two and family on that count. But they're still going to be shorthanded. If they go, as I'm expecting, with POJ making his NHL debut and Cody CeCe, then CeCe is probably going to have to play on his offside. He's a right-handed defenseman, and you've got not nearly enough lefties in the fold. So if you put C.C. and, I don't know, Ruedel, I, I, I can't. Picture, what the pairings will look like. I do know that John Marino's left really without a partner. I don't know that you'd put P.O.J. out there with Marino, and then just kind of hope that Ruedel and C.C. can survive third pairing minutes. That might be an idea. Um, use them on the P.K. and give some uh, top four guys a breather on the PK. You got to get creative. Between Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon, they're going to have to try some different things, and they're going to have to be flexible, maybe even depending on game conditions. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see somebody else out there uh, for a change who's young and hungry and and has some legit potential. Listen listen to Pierre-Olivier Joseph after practice yesterday. i you know, it's it's stressful, you know, to, to, to think about stuff like that. But, uh, you know, if I'm in the lineup, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of people around me to help me uh, go through it. And, uh, you know, whenever the time's going to be, uh, I'm sure a lot of guys are going to be really supportive. And, uh, you know, everybody in the, uh, had to be uh, uh, up there, you know, playing their first game. But um, with the great group of guys that we have here, I'm sure that they're going to support me no matter what. I think you're going to like him. He'll remind you of Pedersen to an extent, Um, not just because he's lanky and super skinny the way Marcus is. And, boy, are they both built like that. It's actually kind of crazy. In POJ's case, he's 6'3", 160, and that's after bulking up somewhat. Now, he's also strong. He's a pretty good skater, Uh, active stick, long reach, and, yeah, that sounds like Pedersen, right? He's not shy about getting involved in the attack either, also like Pedersen. So it'll, it'll be neat to see that, and it'll be a welcome sight. An even more welcome sight will be this, all of the forwards understanding that they have to come back and take care of business. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, warmer than wool. Warrior Alpaca Socks are hypoallergenic all-day wear socks with a wide variety of styles and colors. Outdoor work socks, cozy bed socks, lightweight diabetic compression socks. They all look and feel great. Here's how you can get a pair with a special deal. Visit WarriorAlpacaSocks.com. Alpaca spelled A-L-P-A-C-A. WarriorAlpacaSocks.com and use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. Once again, just for our podcast listeners, WarriorAlpacaSocks.com, code DK. If you go back to the early portions, and I mean very early portions of the 2019-20 season, The Penguins looked really loosey-goosey and blah, and then a bunch of injuries hit. Tons of guys all over the place, falling left, right, star guys, all over the depth chart. And the Penguins had no choice whatsoever but to buckle down and take care of the house. And they did that, and you'll remember this. It was a road trip through St. Paul and then Winnipeg. They went through both of those places and scorched both of those teams, the Wild and the Jets. Overwhelming them, actually, without their star guys. Why? Because they realized they had no choice. They were going to get, especially uh, in Winnipeg, they were going to get skated right out of the arena with all the guys the Jets have up front. So they buckled up. And they said, this is is the way we're going to play. And they went with classic Mike Sullivan hockey. Take care of your own uh, end first. Be responsible with the puck. Get it deep. Go make things happen. There were a bunch of guys up from the minor leagues I mean, all kinds of names that, if I read some of them right now, you might not remember them, and it wasn't all that long ago. But they performed exceptionally well, and they set the template, I believe, on that two-game trip for the better part of the remainder of that regular season. It carried through November, December, January. In February, they started to fall into some bad habits, but not coincidentally when they started to get some people back. Which everyone was predicting, you'll recall. What's going to happen when the good players come back? Oh, no. Remember that? (laughs) Good players come back, and the Penguins didn't look as dangerous. They didn't look as, well, hungry, to use that term again. So here's a situation... Just like the third period, the other night against Washington, where Sullivan and his staff can impress upon the team, hey, we're down to four defensemen, as they were against the Capitals. you got to come back. Sullivan talked about this openly. He said, we challenged the forwards. We challenged the forwards to come back. They did. They did. Capitals didn't have an odd man rush. Capitals had... Back pressure, front pressure, side pressure, all kinds of pressure in all ways. And couldn't create anything. It's not that Casey DeSmith was suddenly dominant in the third period. It's that the Capitals weren't given any room. That's the kind of hockey that Sullivan wants to see this team play. This weekend, with the two games against the Rangers... You have a pretty good idea you're not going to face a great defensive core. And you're definitely not going to face a lot of experience in goal. But what you are going to see are a lot of highly skilled, young, fast forwards. The Rangers, of course, have Artemi Panarin, who I thought and actually voted for uh, as a Hart Trophy finalist. Thought he could have been the MVP of the league last year for what he did in New York. Mika Zibanejad. But they also have the two very high draft picks from the past couple of years. Capo Caco is the number two overall pick in the 2019 draft, and Alexi Lafreniere, of course, was their lottery number one overall pick this past summer. They haven't been all that productive to date, but they're going to be. At some point. And if the Penguins take care of those guys, or those kids, and make sure that the zone is clear, they're probably going to be okay once they're in the New York zone. This is a really, really good place for Sullivan, for his staff, for the team leadership, for everybody, especially the Penguins' top six forwards, to commit to playing the right way. Do it this weekend. Get it started this weekend. We've talked through four games now about lacking an identity, about lacking a consistent presence in any facet. Here's where you do it. Take advantage of a bad situation, meaning these defensemen getting hurt, and turn it into a plus. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question. If you'd like to submit one of these, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that accompanies this podcast. Go to the comment section and just drop it right there. No chance I'll miss it. I check them every day. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, If you're worried about that, if you're hungry, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. One more time, it's pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help and spell all of that out. And today's just one question comes from John, who asks, With such a stacked division this year, might Mike Sullivan's job be in jeopardy if the Pens miss the playoffs, or do the circumstances give him a pass? I don't think any circumstances will give anyone a pass on any front, John. Let's start there. Uh, We all saw and heard Jim Rutherford's reaction to the Penguins' four-game loss to the Canadiens in the 2020 playoffs. Those were extenuating circumstances uh, to the extreme. The Penguins hadn't played in months. They'd hadn't had much of a training camp. Jake Gensel was coming back after months away from the game because of the shoulder surgery. There were excuses built in everywhere. Very clearly, Rutherford wasn't in the mood to accept them. So I think you can throw the circumstances out because these circumstances right now are way friendlier than what those were in August. But... To your question, might Sullivan's job be in jeopardy if the team doesn't make the playoffs? I don't answer this lightly, but yes. Yes. The GM, part of his actions were to clean out almost all of Sullivan's staff. The only one who stayed was Mike Buckley, the goaltending coach, and that really doesn't have much to do with the head coach, but with the goaltender. That is not something that a head coach with great security or great comfort has happened to him. Do you know what I'm saying there? Uh, You would normally go to the head coach and say, hey, who are you comfortable working with? Because everything is just awesome here. That's not what happened here. Jim Rutherford fired those assistant coaches. Said so on the press release. Didn't hide from it. Those moves were not made by Sullivan nor even in concert with Sullivan. Right there is the entirety of what you would need to know about Sullivan's status. Now, the reason I say that I don't say this lightly is because my goodness, I mean just a a year ago we were looking at the penguins' performing extremely well while missing a ton of their players. Uh, referenced this in detail in the opening segment. And at the time, there was lots of discussion about Sullivan being a Jack Adams nominee. I wrote an entire column about Sullivan being a potential Jack Adams nominee. We don't get votes in that. Those are by meaning uh, writers. Those go to the television broadcasters. But I thought he was deserving of mention. A lot of people did. That was just a year ago. But hockey's all about the playoffs. Always has been, always will be. What you do in the regular season is all just setup. What you do in the playoffs is what counts and what everyone remembers, and you'd better believe that's the approach that Rutherford takes. Now, if the Penguins miss the playoffs entirely and they've got a roster where they spent up to the cap, where they made commitments to the team playing this year, meaning giving up prospects, draft picks, whatever it is, to have supporting guys on this roster to go around the superstars, sure, there's going to be blame to go around. And I have a feeling more of it will be on uh, guys like Gino and uh, you know and Chris Letang and people like that that have been here for a while, because the reflexive thing now is to say, blow up the core, blow up the core. Every time the penguins have a bad period, it's blow up the core. But judging by what Rutherford did this past off season, not to mention bringing in not one, but two assistant coaches who have head coaching pedigree in Todd Reardon and Mike Vellucci. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) uneasy rests the crown, or however that saying goes. That's a good question, John. Uh, We'll see how it goes over the course of the season. Thanks to you for that. Thanks to everybody for listening all week. We'll do this again on Monday after I cover the Sunday night game against the Rangers.